Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. A man who would always offer to do the washing up is Daniel Turner from Code Sports. He's on the line right now. Hello, Dan. Okay, Julie, I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. You go to someone, yeah, can I give you a hand? I reckon you offer twice. They go, no, that's fine. You sure? Yeah, okay, let me know. All right, I, I think you go back once more. We'll stick with that as a game plan. I think it's pr- probably probably fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, what's the weather looking like in, in Melbourne? Yeah, gorgeous day here today. I'm um, actually sitting at the MCG and it's a beautiful, beautiful um, afternoon. Uh, sort of temperature of... Uh, without being outside, sort of in the low to mid twenties, um, sunny overhead. Uh, yeah, that's no, uh, looking very good. So uh, after what has been a very wet few months here, mm-hmm. um, with Lenny and wreaking havoc, um, and we saw that during the T20 World Cup. Uh, it looks like uh, we should get um, a pretty clear run at it this week for the boxing for the uh, the Boxing Day Test. Oh, thankfully. Now, from overhead conditions to pitch conditions, uh, we heard Stuart Fox come out and say this. There's a lot of unfair pressure placed on the curators around the country. And this is, of course, off the back of what we saw in Brisbane. Uh, Matt Page, you know, he's, he's an experienced campaigner. Uh, do we know what sort of pitch we may expect for Boxing Day? Well, I know the um, South African batting coach yesterday said that it did look a bit soft. Uh, I've got it, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks, um, oh, look, it's certainly nowhere near as green as it was in Brisbane. Um, it looks, there's a, there's a little bit of grass coverage. Um, the, Scattered around, um, looks sort of like a pretty conventional MCG wicket to the best of, you know, from, from, from this vantage point. Um, they have an interesting situation here at the G because they've, they've gone from sort of having it way too batsman dominated to now almost concerned that it's going to be the, the other way, um, and a bit too, um, a bit too do- bowler dominated, mm. and particularly when you've got two such strong attacks and, and a very weak South African batting lineup. There, are, I suppose, concerns that that could be exploited. But um, no, look, I, I think. I think there's cause for, uh, for, for, pretty, for optimism that it should be a pretty good contest. Yeah, well, um, it, it's trying to find the happy medium, isn't it, between the 2017 Ashes and then, of course, the, the 2021 Ashes. You had that, that five-day test that could have gone 10 days when everyone's getting runs. And then, <laughs> of course, last year done within, within three days. This is a thing. I mean, people sometimes look at the duration of a match and assume straight away it's a bad wicket without actually examining more closely how, how good the bowling was or indeed how bad the batting was. And this is why I thought it was a, a little overblown, the criticism of the Gabba. Yeah, it was far from a perfect pitch. Elgar said as much. You know, Smith said as much. But, you know, gee, some of the batting left a bit to be desired, I thought. Yeah, there was, look, there were some poor shots. Um, I mean, I think it was involved in very, very favourable to the bowlers. I mean, I'm just less... Uh, my view's a bit different to this. I mean, as long as it's not dangerous, um, I like, you know, every now and again to have a really bowler, bowler-friendly wicket, I think is good. I think... What all I, I would ask for personally is variety. I just don't think you want the same every single test. Mm. And um, I was a little bit alarmed. I heard Peter Roach, Cricket Australia's head of operations, head of cricket operations, come out this week said that they, they try to get the tell curators to try to get every test, you know, every pitch to, to run till about the end of day four, you know, give or take, um, mm. and that they don't really like draws. And I, I, I just think 
I mean, I, I get that they're trying to land it in a bit of a safe zone so it goes deep enough, but then you, you, you probably get a result. And I suppose that's optimal, but I just think that there's there's not enough variety around pitches in this country. And, and um, you know, having you know, Gabba probably straight up too far one side, but you know, if, if that's the price to pay for a bit of variety, um, I actually don't think it's too steep a price. I mean, you wouldn't want every test to be a two-day test. But, sure. You know, once every you know, once every few few years, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, ideally, you know, they say the perfect test match it goes down to the final session on day five. But it's not written that every test has to go day to day five. It basically it says you know you've got five days to try and win the match, and if you win win it sooner, what will so be it? And you know, I'd rather see that than a tame draw. But anyway, we could talk that all day. If it is bowler friendly, uh, one man who will would love to be feasting on that Melbourne wicket again uh, with that illustrious debut last year is Scotty Boland. Um, he did say, didn't he, when he spoke to the media, look, I'd love to play. I'm none the wiser. Do you buy that? Do you think he has an inkling of whether he's going to play? Uh, I, I imagine he'd have an inkling. Uh, yeah. I, I, I suggest they haven't told him categorically. Um, and with good reason. They know that they, the, camp, the camp set up and they got back together. Uh, well, only the full training session, only, only today. They, 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 there was an optional session yesterday. Um, he did train, but others didn't. Josh Hazelwood was in the junction oval net the day before. Uh, look, I, I believe him that he doesn't know categorically. I'd probably probably find out maybe tonight or early tomorrow. Um, you know, the Aussies have been pretty clear that they make their minds up pretty, um, you know, with, with a day or two to spare yeah. of, uh, over the last few years for, for the most part. So, look, I suspect he will get the nod over Josh Hazelwood, um, given just given the the conditions, even if Hazelwood is close enough to full fitness, I think that will, you can, it's weird leaving out Josh Hazelwood, yeah. just a conservative move, but um, I think it would be, it would be, it's a, it would be a, um, a conservative um, uh, move to do so. And, and I think just given Boland's, well, a incredible track record here and just in test cricket generally, uh, yeah, I think he'll, he'll play. And, um, yeah, I think it's probably the right call. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And further to that, with, you know, the four tests in India followed by the five in England, you know, you're going to need to rest and, and manage and rotate the bowlers. If he's coming back from injury, Hazelwood, I don't have any great concern with just giving him another test match. And then, you know, maybe Stark, for example, uh, rests in Sydney despite the fact that it's his home track. We should wait and see. 100 tests for David Warner. You know, there's probably no more polarising figure in, in world cricket than D Warner. Uh, what's your sense with regards to Warner's future here, Dan? I mean, if, if he gets through this series, if he gets, you know, a couple of 50s in the last two test matches, do you think he's still on the plane to India? Uh, I don't think so. If, 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 he, if he fails really badly, I mean, there's failures and there's failures, and I think that's part of why um, it's been a little bit murkier around David Warner. I mean, he, he has gone almost three years without a test done, literally the first, you know, for about 12 months of that, he barely played a test. Um, Australia didn't, didn't play much test cricket. Um, in fact, Australia, he barely played a test for two years. Mm. But his last 12 months um, have been poor, but not poor in the sense of he's been making regular single-digit scores. He has made a, a fair few starts. Did so against the West Indies. Did make a one-day international century at this ground, you know, a, a month or so ago. Um, but, you know, he's not converting him into, into big totals and then obviously got out very cheaply in South Africa, albeit not the only one to do so on um, on that deck. I mean, I thought, I think he's been, this is something that Mark War has stressed a few times. I think he struggled against the really express pace, and, and I think he was, um, Keith Arabata's short one at the Gabba really worried him. He, he took his eyes off the ball, and that was a bit of a worry. And he's probably just not quite striking it quite as cleanly as I've seen in the past. Um, you know, he sort of chopped on against the West Indies once or twice. 
Um, it's not it's not sort of like he looks a million miles off the pace, but I think he's clearly mm. has declined and and probably in, 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 in the declining phase of his career. I suppose the question is, is he still better than the next option? Um, so, look, it's a massive, clearly a massive moment in, in, in his career, hundred tests, and and um, he's about to speak to the media shortly, and it'll be very interesting to see what he says and whether he he, he sort of declares his intentions to go well beyond these couple of tests or whether he is considering bowing out. Well, 100 tests, it's a great milestone and it deserves to be celebrated. I just don't want it to be overshadowed by this talk about form or or leadership bands and, you know, sandpaper and the rest of it. Hey, if you bump into Cameron Green at the hotel next time, Dan, uh, it's his shout, presumably. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Um, 3.15 mil, hey? It is funny with these guys because it's like it's not as though any of them. Were, I mean, I'm sure Cameron Green was already getting paid very, very handsomely for his um, for his day job, um, as, as just as a as an Australian cricketer. But uh, that is something altogether um, next next level. Um, to be making that you know, that much money mm. in such a short period of time, um, and really, you know, based largely on potential in T20 cricket, he's shown a bit, shown a bit in those in that. Um, series, uh, that tour of India ahead of the, the World Cup, but um, so he's sort of done it for any length of period, length of time in white ball cricket. His white ball cricket record is pretty mixed, so, but, you know, obviously everyone knows the talent, everyone can see, how, see what, he, what he looks like he's capable of doing and um, you know, it, 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 it's uh, money that you can understand. Um, how, you know, you understand why they'd be spending large sums on him. And those are the types of sums that get bandied around. He, he's, he's a very exciting player of um, immense potential and um, and he's already shown a fair bit about a test level. Mm. Well, they would have got a good look at him when he, you know, had that whirlwind trip to India for those T20s, opening the batting. And no, they love all rounders as, as well. Was it you, I think, Daniel, that tweeted it? You know, is it funny? There's Trevor Bayliss, who's a Thunder coach, who's struggling at the moment, but he's he's not he's not in Sydney. He's over in India for an IPL auction, which suggests he knows uh, which side. His bread is buttered. Uh, quick one before we let you go. A wonderful news this week that Meg Lanning's back in the nets and now she's back in that Australian squad for the, the uh, Pakistan series. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, look, I suppose by the same token, you know, you, you, know, you just want whatever, um, well, for any athlete, but especially someone like Meg Lanning, uh, who's given so much to Australian cricket, um, you sort of just want whatever's best for her. But um, I suppose, it, you know, by the same token... Um, you know, she's such a champion player, uh, and, and, and already whatever she does from here will go down as an all-time great. But um, you know, I, I think hope you know she's only 30, and hopefully there's plenty more cricket left in her. Um, she's had a bit of time off. It's been a bruising, you know, bruising few years, just um, an exhausting workload. Uh, she is also, um, as she, I think she sort of said in her, in her Instagram post the other day that she has probably at times been a bit closed off um, to those close to her and hasn't necessarily opened up but and, and you know it would be interesting to see if she does open up about what she's gone through in recent times she's been pretty vague around around the specifics of the issues which are obviously her right but um no look a, a massive um, massive boost for australian cricket and uh, to have her back she's um she's as i said an all-time great uh the, the pakistan series you know that that australia would, would yeah, they're not strong are they pakistan regardless yeah. but but they do have a T20 World Cup event coming up shortly in South Africa. We know, we remember how brilliant it was uh, at the MCG almost three years ago. It's hard to believe it's already come around for their title <laughs> defence, but um, she will um, no doubt help that cause immensely. Indeed. Daniel, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining us this Christmas Eve and enjoy the Boxing Day test. No worries, Joel, and you too.